Hey, this is Pastor Jeremy from Awakened Church here in Sebring, Florida. I hope you enjoy this week's message. Then we're going to get into Mark 4, okay? But this is Nehemiah chapter 2. It says, Then I came to the governors of the province beyond the river, this is Nehemiah, and he gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent with me officers of the army and horsemen, but when Sanballat, the Horonite, and the Tobiah, the Ammonite servant heard this, it displeased them greatly that someone had come to seek the welfare of the people of Israel. And so what we're doing in February is we are rebuilding with the king's favor. Before Nehemiah started out on his journey to rebuild anything, he asked for the king's favor to go on the journey. So what we believe happened in January because we sought the Lord first we started the year with, with fasting and prayer. We believe that we've entered into a place of favor for this year with God. Amen? Right? It's not based on our own merit. We didn't invent prayer and fasting. Right? We didn't invent these spiritual disciplines. We're simply doing them because he called us to do it. And whenever we obey God, then he gives us favor and he gives us blessing. Amen? It's not formulaic. It's just scripture. It's scriptural principles. Right? And so we believe now that we are rebuilding with the king's favor. As this whole month, why don't you just pray into the king's favor? God, I believe you've given me favor to speak words of life into my son or my daughter. God, I believe you've given me favor to approach this businesswoman or this, this businessman on behalf of whatever need it is or, or to go pray with someone. I believe you've given me favor to reach my neighbors with the gospel. I believe you've given me favor for this or favor for that. Just start declaring it over your life, over those needs, over those places that you want rebuilt. And this is kind of groundwork for next month, okay? So you're declaring God's favor, God's favor over your own health, God's favor over your own life, over your family, right? Wave at me if you understand what I'm saying, all right? All right, cool, all right. So we're rebuilding with the king's favor. Now, the word for the year is mobilize. Everybody say mobilize. Mobilize, mobilize, mobilize. The different definitions of, of mobilize, it's a verb. And so prepare and organize troops for active service, or organize and encourage people to act in a concerted way in order to bring about a particular objective. You bring, we bring resources into use in order to achieve a particular goal and we make something movable or capable of movement, right? It's no accident that the word for the year that I felt God wanted us to zero in on is mobilize, right? We are a portable church. We are a portable church because God's called us to be a portable people that host his presence and his presence rests on us wherever we go. It's not confined to a movie theater. It's not confined to a location. We are movable people. Yeah? We are, <laughs> his presence is portable literally inside of us. And this is what he wants us to really understand. So if he calls us as a church to move here, move there, wherever, hey, we are the church. It's a good point, Jeremy. I know it was a good point, but we are the church. So wherever we gather, there in the midst he is, right? If we continue meeting here in the theater, he is here. If we go somewhere else, he is there. Because we gather in his name. As you gather with your family, with your wife, he is there. As you gather at school, teens in the room, he's there. We are the church. Amen? Yeah. The gospel of Mark We've been hitting on this now for quite a few months. I think when in the, when in the world did we start this 
this series back in the fall, I think. Yeah, so we are all the way in chapter four and we're gonna zero in on one parable today. We okay? All right, one parable and we're gonna go through it and I believe God is going to speak to us, all right? So this is Jesus talking. He's talking to his disciples and he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? It's a rhetorical question. Everybody would say, no, right? Let's practice that, okay? And he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not under a stand and not on a stand? We would say, no, all right, of course. It's, all right. For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it'll be measured to you and still more will be added to you. For to one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Our first first point is gonna be this. It's like hide and seek with Jesus. Um, Even recently, uh, I've had some of my my kids have been asking me if they could go to Walmart and play hide and seek. It feels like, I feel like we never grow tired of hide and seek. Yeah, it's like this, I I remember playing hide and seek, especially in the dark with my, with my cousins Uh, in West Virginia, it gets really dangerous. Uh, You never know what you're going to run into, hillbillies, uh, mountain goats, uh, (laughs) badgers. I don't know. I don't think there's any of those. (laughs) A a worm? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) But hide and seek with Jesus. So, um, you know, it's different whenever you grow up and you have kids though, because if they want to play hide and seek with you, like, you know, you want, want to actually be found by your kids because it's like, I could actually go and hide from like, let's say, especially Mateo when he was younger and he would never find me. <laughs> I know some good hiding places. Like I could go, he could never, I could go in the attic and he could never reach me. And I could just be like, yeah, no, what? You can't find me. But it's like, no, as you, as you get older and you become parents, you're like, I actually want to be found by my children because that brings them joy. You know, so sometimes I remember like playing, especially with the kids when they were younger, I would go to the bathroom and hide under, hide behind the, the shower curtain, you know, and they would be like, daddy, I'm trying to be, but still there's something like, I don't know if you, you guys know, but like there's, your heart still starts beating fast. I'm like getting excited. I'm, I mean, I know they're going to find me. I know, I've, I know I've, there's, there's no chance that I'm going to stay hidden, but my heart starts beating fast. I'm like, oh, they're going to find me, <laughs> you know, but I can hide behind that shower curtain and just, sure enough, he jerks back to the shower curtain. He's like, ah, I found you. And I'm like, yeah, you found me. Good job. You're the smartest man alive, you know. But it, sta- it, it changes. I remember in college, we were playing a game of hide and seek. I think we were, it was like a youth meeting. Um, we were hosting a, some youth groups. And me and this other friend uh, named Jesus, remarkably, <laughs> he, uh, he and I went up in like the attic of the, the college. And we were just hiding there. And nobody found us. For hours, we're just there. <laughs> like, and we were a little bit mischievous too. So we were like, ah, we don't need all that stuff they're talking about down there. We're just gonna hang out up here in the attic. And we finally come down and they're like, where you been? We're like, we want hide and seek. That's where we've been, you know? So, but things change. And so Jesus is, Jesus is talking to his disciples here and he's telling them the intention of hiding things. It's like he's intentionally hidden them to be found. He's intentionally hidden the meaning of these parables for some 
so that they can be found. So he says in the, in the verses that we read in Mark 4, he says, for nothing is hidden except to be made manifest. So in other words, the intention of hiding is that it can be found out. He's hiding something so that they can be found. I heard Bill Johnson say this one time is that God doesn't hide things from us. He hides things for us, right? So he's hiding these things for the disciples and for the people. We're gonna get into that in just a minute. But then we, I just wanted to remind us about a verse that we hit on last week. And when we were talking about the parable of the soils, anybody remember that? Wave at me, okay. So he says, it says, and when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables so that lest they should turn and be forgiven. To the disciples who were coming and searching after the truth, asking him questions, Jesus was like, I'm revealing the secrets. I've hidden these things for you not from you, right? So for those that are coming and wanting more, there's more given, okay? This is gonna become more plain. For those of us who have a daily reading plan with the Bible, those of you, you may read a verse, you may read two verses, a chapter, three verses, whatever it is, For those of us who are making priority reading the Bible, more understanding will be given to you, right? I don't understand what this means. It's okay. More understanding is gonna be given to you. That's a pretty cool effect. Thank you, Jeff. (laughs) Made me feel kind of special. All right, there we go. (laughs) Special and it's gone. Um, But more is gonna be given. All right, another illustration. To those of you who come regularly to church, or are able to come regularly to church and you hear the word of God, more understanding will be given to you. More of re- more revelation will be given to you. All right? This is what he's talking about. To the disciples who came to him, got him alone from the rest of the group and some others with them, they're like, Jesus, what does this mean? And he's like, to you it's been given to know because you actually wanna know more. You have this hunger to learn more, and so I'm gonna give you more understanding. Some of us never even seek, and that's why we're not finding, okay? Some of us are just waiting for God to do this, to do that, and he's like, why don't you seek me through my word? Why don't you be regular in church attendance? Why don't you turn on something, and I'm I'm getting far in my sermon here, but why don't you turn on something of value to listen to? How are you applying or how are you desiring to learn the truth? You can't just expect him to to just go all in and give you everything that you're asking for without using a little bit of what he's even given you or applying yourself in some way. This is what he's wanting from his disciples. There were thousands of people gathering. And you're like, well, that's not fair. Did he not want people to be forgiven and and repent? Absolutely not. He wanted people. It's not his will that any should perish, but all would come to repentance. But everybody in that circle, everybody around that day were not ready for the truth. All they would have done with the truth is reveal Jesus' identity too too fast and they they just didn't want to do the right thing with the truth. They weren't ready for it. But to those disciples 
who actually came to him wanting to learn more. He said, yes, I'm revealing secrets to you. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it's going to make more sense, I promise. So uh, the lamp has come is the second point, okay? The lamp has come. And he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? And we say, no. All right. So the Greek, the Greek word for where, where the word brought is here in most translation is actually the word come. All right. It means it's the word come because the lamp actually came into the world. The lamp meaning Jesus. The lamp meaning the word became flesh, came, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. So the lamp came into being. So Jesus is saying to this group of people around him, to these disciples around him, as, he's try, as he is revealing these secrets and revealing why some people's secrets are given to them or understanding is given to them and why some people are not, he's like, listen, is a lamp brought in to, to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? And they would answer, of course not, Jesus. Because a lamp is especially in in the first century, we'll get those lights down, Jeff. Everybody say, ooh, ah. All right. Okay. Don't burn yourself, Jeremy. Everybody say, don't burn yourself, Jeremy. Okay. Yep. Okay. That'll work. All right. If this all goes south, you guys are nobody's witnesses here. Okay. Just... <laughs> We'll have Jeff on standby, Jeff Ellsworth on standby. <laughs> but a lamp would have been something very, oh, we have Fireman Joe here. I feel, I feel a lot better, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but a lamp was something in the first century that was a, it was a household item. Like every night when Jesus was growing up, he, when it got dark, Jesus would have seen his mom bring out a lamp because in first century, they would not have had any electricity. They would not have had a light switch <laughs> to turn on when it got dark. No, they would have had to have brought out, and this is, this is advanced for what kind of lamp they would have had. It would have been a bowl, like a very shallow bowl with, some, uh, with a wick stuck in it with olive oil, right? The, lick prob- the wick probably would have been sticking out of one of the corners of this sort of square-shaped shallow bowl. And then they would have lit this, this bowl, this wick, and it would, would have provided light. And what they would do when it got dark, they would light it, and then there would be some sort of stand, either hanging from the, the, the ceiling or else just a stand that they would put it on in the house so that they could see in the dark. So, so Jesus has taken something very familiar to help them understand how or why the secrets of the kingdom are being given to them. Now, when, when the lamp wasn't being used, like when it was light outside, they would have had to have had some way so that the oil didn't get contaminated, right? So in the light time, in the daytime, the mom may have put the lamp under the bed 
just so they wouldn't be contaminated. They would have had beds that maybe were very, they weren't beds like us, but they would have been very close to the floor, maybe like a foot off the ground with a platform and just a mat on it. But the mom would have had to have put the, the lamp or the dad would have had to put that bowl full of oil. Everybody follow me? They would have had to put that bowl full of oil under the bed or at least put a basket or a jar, something on top of it so that oil would not be contaminated because the, the, their floors were dirt. <laughs> their houses were made out of mud mostly. And so, you know, there's a, in a very dry climate. So how many of you know, I lived in El Salvador for a year. The dry season is a very dry season. And that's El Salvador. <laughs> the Middle East, the dry season is the dry season. Very dry, so much dust in the air. I mean, we were sick for months straight just because of all the dust in the air. Right? So she didn't want this, 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 this oil to become contaminated or to get really dirty. All right? So she would have hidden it. Jesus is saying here, like there's a time to bring the lamp out. And obviously that is whenever it's dark. Everybody shake your head like this. The disciples, they, will have, they would have understood. That's why they come to Jesus asking him for more truth. The disciples would have understood, hey, Jesus, it's dark outside. Right? They came to him because they needed a lamp. Everybody else in the group, the thousands of people didn't understand that it was dark because physically it was light, but internally it was dark. The disciples understood from their encounters, their brief encounters with Jesus, or even from walking with him for just a little while, just how dark it was in here, deep on the inside. And so they needed a light. And so that's why Jesus was like, look, I, this lamp is yours. So if you don't understand why some members of your family haven't become hungry for Jesus, it's because they don't understand how dark it is. If you don't understand why maybe even in your own heart, in your own soul, why you've lost a little bit of hunger, it's just because things have become a little, you haven't understood that things have become a little darkened in here. I don't know by what the oil has become a little contaminated. And Jesus for those that understand just how dark it is, there's a lamp. Check it out. What does the Bible say? Your word is a blank to my feet and a light to my path. His word is a lamp to our feet. It's meant to be put on a stand to give us light. Now, another thing about that is that like the lamp provides enough guidance for like a step. It's obviously lighter in here than it would have been in the dark darkness of first century Israel at night. Some of us want to see really far into the future. Jesus is going to give you a lamp because his lamp, his word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. What's the way forward? His word is a lamp for this next step.
step because we walk by faith. We don't run by faith. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we're not in a marathon by faith, but we walk by faith, not by sight. And so his word is going to provide enough light for your next step. And that's all you're responsible for. And don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. His word will give you enough light for that next step that that he wants you to take. So what is God doing? He's got, Jesus is gathering a community in only 12, really 11, <laughs> that, are, that realize how dark it is. And to them, he's like, here's the lamp. So will we, will we be among the 12, right? Or are we among the people who realize just how much we need the word? And check it out. Just like the mom would have put the, put the light, the, the lamp under the bed, so it wouldn't be contaminated by all the dirt in the air. Here's what we find. Whenever we realize how dark it is, the word has been there all along for us. Right in our own home, the word has been there. The lamp has been there all along. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's always been for you, never against you. The lamp has always been there. That's what I found out in my own life. As soon as I would call out to him, the lamp was there. You haven't done anything too bad. You haven't done anything too wrong. The lamp is there. It's always been there. Right under where you've been sitting, the lamp has been there. He's been under you. He's been before you. He's been besides you. He's just been waiting for you to realize, and he's been leading you through circumstances and to circumstances so you can understand how dark it is. Because then, he says, for those who sat in darkness, a great light has come. good preaching, Jeremy. And it's interesting that in the book of Revelation that churches are called lampstands. Because we are the ones upon whom his word resides. The lamp, the presence resides on the church, the people. All right, I got to go, I got to go. So the question then becomes, what are you listening to? Here's why I say that. I'm going to read it in a couple different translations and we're going to zero in on just a few things and we'll be done. He said, then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what a little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That's New Living Translation. Now, the English Standard Version, which I use mostly, says this, and he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the amount or the measure you use, it will be measured or amounted to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So we listen to a lot of things. It's okay, Fireman Joe Joe was on that. I figured that. All right. All right. I just want this wick down a little bit. Can we get that down a little bit? All right. Hey, there we go. Is that making you feel a little better, guys? You feel a little... I feel like this whole table would have been on fire and I would have been like the last, the last to know up here. Okay. <laughs> I, 
feel confident. Fire extinguisher there, fireman there. I'm good. Here we go. Joe, okay. Um, we listen to a lot of things, don't we? On a daily basis, we listen to a lot. I remember when we were first married, Melvina and I, and um, we were watching some sitcoms. And, and how many of you know, like, the, um, the, the first year of marriage is especially hard anyways? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello, that's me. But we were watching some sitcoms where, you know, there was constant fighting in the marriage. And especially, like, the husband is usually, like, the butt of every joke. <laughs> Funny stuff but not good if you're going through some marriage issues. It was not helping anything. Was it hurting? I don't know. I felt like it was. And so I was like, you know, I don't think this is good for us to be watching right now. Another friend said something very similar. He's like, you know, he had a favorite band, the secular band that he was listening to. And they were having, him and his wife were having marriage trouble. And every single song was about a breakup. And he's like, all of a sudden, it just occurred to him, I probably shouldn't be listening to this if I want to save my marriage. <laughs> I remember as, as, a, as a high school teenager, I've, I've fought with a lot of depression. And all I wanted to listen to was depressing music. <laughs> Not a good thing to listen to if you're fighting depression. You know? But how often do we find like comfort in, 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 in whatever feeling we're feeling, like we find comfort in listening to something that we can resonate with, right? <laughs> so that's the way the world twists it, right? You're feeling sad, turn on some sad music. You're having problems, turn on a drama with all these other issues. <laughs> Whenever Jesus wants, wants to be the light in that dark place, Jesus wants to be the voice, the word <laughs> that you're listening to. The, 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 not, not to say that I don't tell my children that they have to listen to all Christian music. I don't because I'm not going to bind them with that. However, if they turn trash on, I'm going to be quick to tell them to turn the trash off. Right? Same thing with movies, right? I don't want to be legalistic and binding and all that. But listen, like there's some things that just aren't going to help us. And I know I may be 43. But I remember, I remember the trash that I listened to and the places the trash led me to. Which, that's a good point, Jeremy. What you listen to has the potential to lead you either in good places or bad places. So Jesus is telling them, be careful what you hear. What you hear. Everybody say what. What you hear. Now, the word here is that word, and we've talked about it before, but it's the word where we get our word acoustic from. So in other words, what are you taking in, like an acoustic guitar that has the sound hole there, what, what sound are you taking in? What are you listening to? What sound are you taking in that has the potential then to reverber, reverberate, I said that word right, reverberate throughout your life? and out of your life, and to echo out of your life. What are you hearing? What are you taking in? The same thing, it can happen the same way with your worries and anxieties. If that's all you're thinking on, all you're, all you're, all you're focusing on, that's what you're taking in, and that's what you push out. Guys, I'm serious. I'm serious. 
It has physiological, it has, it has physical responses. Your body will respond physically if all, you're, if all that's on your mind is a particular worry. If that's all you're taking in, all you're taking in, all you're taking in, guys, your body will respond physically to that. It'll manifest in the physical. You'll start shaking. You'll, your heart will hurt. You, like, you'll have these panic attacks, all these things. And so it doesn't matter what you take in. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do we have to understand? It's dark. And so what do we have to have the desire for? More of the lamp. <laughs> we have to, desire, have to desire for for the word of God to be our lamp and the light of our path. And that's what he's saying. And to those people who desire for his word to come in to them, into our heart, it has a greater potential to reverberate and echo through our life. But it's not going to happen automatically. (laughs) All right? Ah, Just set this on my head and maybe something will get in. No, man, it's like, it's part of the journey. Remember, he hasn't hidden things from you. He's hidden things for you. So who's going to dig in, right? Who's going to do a Google search? (laughs) Like what to do when I'm scared? What Bible passage about what to do when I'm scared? Oh, Isaiah 44, something. Oh, okay. Ah, Jesus, you said, I don't have to be afraid. Who's going to start digging in, guys? Because things aren't going to get easier in your life. I'm just going to tell you. Okay, so what do you do if you see how dark it is? You dig in deeper. That's two days for you. You see how dark it is and you dig in deeper. That's how preachers think. You dig in deeper. Because we have one that we know we just sang about that he will never fail. Never fail. Never fail. Never fail. So I want, to be, I want to be the one or one of the ones that even more understanding and more truth is added to rather than one of the ones with whom what little they have is taken away. Right? That seems kind of harsh. It's not harsh. It's just the, just the kingdom principle. If you're not going to do anything with what you have, it's going to be taken away from you. Why? Because you're going to have a contaminated gospel. because you're trying to mix light and dark. You don't understand how dark it is. You want to be among the ones that has something or who, who, are, who, are, who are searching and seeking after the truth. Who is the truth? His name, his, it's a person and his name is Jesus and there's only one truth and it's found here. Amen? So he wants to be found by you today. And he wants to be found by me. Why don't you go ahead and stand with me?
And why don't you bow your heads, bow your heads with me. I remember in my early days of preaching, like one of the first messages I ever preached, I was, I was holding a candle and I was just going down the, the aisle of this old country church in West Virginia, holding this candle, declaring that he is the light of the world. And not too long after that, unscheduled revival hit that church. So oftentimes what we think we need in church, what oftentimes what we think that has to happen in church doesn't have to happen. Sometimes it's so super simple as a lamp. How dark is it for you? That's a question. How dark is it for you this morning? How dark has it been quite a few mornings? And if so, I just want you to look at this, all right? Look at this, look at this wick, look at this light, all right? For those of us who realize just how dark it is and we desire the light, look at what he does. His light gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And it's so, and it's so simple. Jesus, we want the light to shine brighter and brighter in us. Um, some in this room may, may need to ask for forgiveness from sin that has darkened your understanding, your agreement, your alignment with sin. That's what Romans 1 would tell us, that it darkens our understanding. So let's go ahead and just repent of that. Any, any sin in our life that we have, we have agreed with, that we have partaken of. Lord, we just repent of that sin. We ask you to forgive us of that sin. We ask you to forgive us of the sin of unbelief, like we just thought that you couldn't heal us, that you couldn't help us in our darkness. Lord, forgive us for that. It's dark here without you, Lord. It's dark in this space of anxiety without you. It's dark in this space of sin and constantly turning away from you instead of towards you. It's dark here, Jesus. And I just want you, I'm taking, I'm taking the lamp right from under the bed and I'm setting it on the stand and I'm just saying, Jesus, that I want you to shine into me. Shine into this heart of mine. Let your word literally be a lamp to me. Is that the cry of your heart, church? Let your word be a lamp to me. Your word says it is, but I want it to be now more than anything, right? I don't wanna just read it. I wanna know it and I wanna live it. Let your word be a lamp to me, Lord. There's things, there's dark areas in my life that I need your lamp, that I need your word so I can walk in these dark places. Jesus, come and give me light. 
be my lamp. Let your truth be my lamp. Just with every head bowed this morning, I wonder if there's just anyone in the room would just lift your hand and say, I need the lamp right now. It's kind of dark where I am. I just need the lamp. Anybody like that? I, I need the lamp of God's truth, God's word in my heart. Just slip up your hand. Anybody like that? I need his lamp. Yeah, yeah. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your truth. And may there be an increase of understanding for those who are seeking you today. An increase of understanding. An increase of hearing from you. An increase of reading your word. An increase of of coming to hear your word. Because we're going to be careful of what we hear. We're going to be careful of the gossip. No more. We're not listening to stuff that isn't true anymore. We're going to think on what's true and lovely and of good report, those things that are praiseworthy. (laughs) And the life that we read about with these disciples, Lord, you're no respecter of persons. (laughs) And you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. All you need is a hungry heart. And I want to close without giving anyone an opportunity to to receive Jesus as Savior. If you don't know the joy of having your sins forgiven, if you've never confessed Him as your Savior, savior, or maybe you just find yourself far away from where you once were, today's your day. If that's you, you need, to, you need to be saved today. Just lift your hand. And I would like to lead you in a prayer. If that's anybody in the room, I need to be saved. I want to be born again today. Anybody in the room? Yeah. And Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for today. I thank you for your word of truth. And I'm just expecting, Lord, for an increase of understanding as we hunger for the light. (laughs) Yeah, as we hunger for the light. Thank you, Father. Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. Have a great Sunday. Thank you for sharing part of it with us here at Awaken Church. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message. Please subscribe to our podcast and share it with a friend. And if you're ever in the Sebring, Florida area, make sure to come check us out at B&B Theaters every Sunday morning at 10 a.m.